check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Nate, and this is Dummy with the Details, episode 23. Uh, on today's episode, uh, I got a special guest. He is a uh, NCAA football player. Uh, he is a survivor of former? Former NCAA. Yeah, uh, you played in the you played NCAA. Did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he is a survivor of hypoplastic <laughs> left heart syndrome and one of the oldest surviving uh people with this syndrome yeah. uh so welcome to the podcast andrew donnelly hey what's up glad to be here <laughs> finally uh so the way that we actually met was um we worked together and it's kind of funny like when i think about crazy stories in like of the life that i live you come across some very very special people and a lot of the time we just pass it pass it by right and the fact that you're one of the oldest, longest surviving members of this, like one, I looked it up, and uh, one of the oldest people is like thirty something, right? Mm-hmm. I think the oldest, I think the oldest hit forty recently, which is dope. But that's crazy because I, I don't know like when the three open heart surgeries were perfected, but they probably had a transplant. But the thing with transplants is you have to get multiple transplants over time. Obviously. Okay, so when was your first? surgery day one right so to kind of explain to kind of explain like the the syndrome itself and you could probably do it better than i can but essentially what it is is your heart your left ventricle is smaller than your other part of your heart so it can't actually oxygenate the rest of your body the way that it should correct i don't have my left ventricle sometimes you can have a little bit when you're born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome it's just extremely underdeveloped, but so much so that it so some people. You, so you, you're completely born without it. Didn't have it. Is it better? Okay, so when you're going to have the surgery, is it better to be born with at least a little bit or not at all? I don't think that matters at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's equally as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's also hypoplastic right heart syndrome, which is the right ventricle. But no, no honestly, way. it's a lot. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> honestly, it's a lot less f- serious. I, I don't know if that's the word uh, because the left ventricle is the most important chamber of the heart because it pumps all the oxygen-rich blood to all the organs. So as you can see, that's kind of problematic when you don't have. That. Do they know? Do they know like what what causes that? Because it starts it starts in the it starts in the womb, right? Like the heart just yeah. doesn't develop congenital, exactly. And yeah. they don't know what actually starts the whole. They don't. No? Uh, my mom found out. I want to say two, three weeks before I was born, mom and dad, um, that I might have this. Like according to the, uh, you know, what are they called? Uh, not, not sonogram. EKG. Sonogram is that? What am I trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sonogram. That or thing. monogram. <laughs> monogram. You're a girl, you know what it is. <laughs> monogram is like when you like 
do initials on something. Oh. <laughs> I don't know sonogram. why I can't think of Is it sonogram? What is it called when you x-ray for a baby? It's not x-ray. <laughs> it's essentially the same technology, right? Yeah. No, I don't think so, because it uses sound. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Basically a sonogram. Ultrasound. Ultrasound. Oh, man. Yeah, there we go. All right. So, yeah. So, she found out She found out a couple of weeks before that you possibly could have it. Yes. Yeah. And so, okay, so... After you're born, like, do they automatically run you into surgery or do they do tests or what? So day one I was born, they snatched me right up from my parents to confirm or deny that I do indeed have HLHS. And uh, they quickly realize it's true. Um, So immediately after that, I mean, well, immediately when I was born, they told my parents the options, which were Basically, three options. One is the most grim, just like, and it happens all the time, just let the baby, like, live as long as they can with what they were born with, but they'll eventually die out after, like, a month or so. So, what what, what are the, why would somebody choose that option versus Just because it's, uh... I don't know. It's a. It's kind of like this. I don't know. People don't want to. Not not everyone in general, but it's really tough taking care of someone that has issues that has some sort of disability in any yeah. way, shape, or form. But especially this one, it's one of the most like fatal heart defects, heart uh, heart diseases you can have. So I guess that's why that would be the option, but it's more. It's, it's more, it becomes crazy to think more about. of a burden. It sounds harsh, yeah. but it's like no, that's what it true. is. And so I don't know. That's been done plenty of times before. But um, second option, second most. Well, I don't know how popular these things are, but the transplant. So when you get a heart transplant, you have to get one. When you're first a baby and then probably when you're about five years old or so. Uh-huh. Because, you know, as you they grow. do baby heart transplants? Yeah, that's the thing. And and think about that. Like, dude, I was, what, eight pounds when I was born. Yeah. I, Where do they even get a baby heart? They're babies, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, like. They're hard to come by. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, it's, it's insane. But a, a lot of people do that. And it's a viable option, but the only thing is, like, like I said, you got to keep getting a heart. I don't. I want to say like maybe every. I have, I'm just guessing, but ten to fifteen years uh-huh. through adulthood, you would have to get a new one, <clears throat> or repaired, or a pacemaker with it, or something. Um. So what is the option? So okay. So what what option did they go with for you? So me, the most definitely the most popular option is this three stage. So three separate open heart surgeries that they do over the course. I mean, it depends on the the child, but over the course of usually the first like four to five years of their life. So I had my first one day one. They flew me straight. I was born in Cincinnati. Who day? <laughs> um, flew me straight to or flew me straight to Cleveland by myself without my parents. So my parents were like, being a parent, that's crazy. <clears throat> man, yeah. yeah. 
They're like, it's confirmed. Your son has this. Are you, you're not the oldest, are you? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. Yeah, okay, okay. Pretty, pretty cool one to end on, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rolled the dice. All uh, of them hit except you. <laughs> and so my mom and dad literally had to drive up to Cleveland. It's like what four hours from here. While I flew on a, a jet. Okay, so real quick, at this moment, are you okay? Because typically, when somebody has this syndrome, they they don't they last a couple of years. It's not like right away you're you're in threat of dying or are you no you definitely are right away right away so as soon as you come out they're like we got to get him into surgery right now yeah okay well, i mean and this is all i'm saying it like it happened the day of they told him you know however many weeks in advance before i was born that they found out so my parents have been weighing this option for many weeks yeah so it's not like on the day of they decided on it okay but it is crazy a little side note Day of, they did, I was originally going to get it in Cincinnati, all three of my heart surgeries, <clears throat> or at least my first one, because it's conveniently located. Um, <laughs> however, I was going to say, with your mom just having a baby, how is she able to, like, you have to wait a little bit before you can leave the hospital after you have a baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but I don't know how uh, these work. I'm, yeah, it's probably under certain Especially back in 95, who knows what happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But, damn, now I feel like you. What was I saying? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Damn, my bad. Uh, what were we saying, producer? Uh, <laughs> about the options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said, you said. Oh, oh, I was going to tell you the side note about not, uh, I was going to get it in Cincinnati. Um, uh, the guy who delivered me, Dr. Tim Nylans, shout out to him. My cardiologist for most of my life, I'm almost 27. Um, so I think it was like probably 19 years old or maybe 18 when I stopped seeing him because he, he does just like pediatric cardiology. Mm. And cool thing about like where I go, um, Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. Like I'm super lucky to, to live in Cincinnati. Because Cincinnati Children's is like always top three of like heart uh, mm. heart programs and stuff like that, so like I get the be- some of the best care you possibly yeah. can in the nation. But uh, my doctor who delivered me, he's a cardiologist, so Tim Nylands comes to my parents after they like confirm what I have and stuff, and he says. Uh, so this surgeon that that is going to operate on Andrew in Cincinnati, I wouldn't go with him. I would fly him to Cleveland. They got this guy who's from New Zealand, and that's who did all three of my open heart surgeries, a guy from New Zealand, okay. which is also mind-boggling to think about. Um, because Dr. Nyland, he's like, the guy, so I don't know like how many he had performed heart surgery wise, but he said he's never had a successful heart surgery. This particular one. And so he's Why like, would they suggest you go to him? Well, I, I guess because it's right there and I don't know. He's trained to do it. He just, you know, hopefully this will be the one type of deal. <laughs> okay. Like, so, I mean, easy decision for my parents, uh, but also how hard of a decision that would be as yeah. a parent to just be like, yeah, peace out. We'll we'll see you there, yeah. buddy. Good luck. Because I I they didn't get to see me till after my first open heart surgery, so like it was like, good luck, buddy. 
See you in Cleveland. So they take you they take you into surgery, you go they take you to Cleveland, your family flies up, and then how long before how long before you're able to like be out of the hospital waiting on your next surgery? Because how many surgeries did you have in like the first because you have that first one, how long does that surgery last before you have to have the next one? So I'm not sure timeline wise, but me personally I was like three and a half years old when I got my second open heart surgery. Do you remember any part of that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You like, remember that? It, little clouds of memory, but absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like because it's such a, I mean, it was me growing up, but it's such a traumatic thing that something you really don't forget. But most yeah. of, honestly, like. I do have, like, PTSD and stuff from that, obviously. But a lot of my memories from there are, like, happy memories. Like, really? the, little, the little fishes in the in the tanks of the Cleveland huh. Clinic. Like, they had uh, clownfish, like, from Finding Nemo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that was before Finding Nemo came out. And I was obsessed with Power Rangers. And uh, my parents would, like, push me in a wheelchair or whatever down the hall to, like, visit them every day. Were, were, were they were they able to take you home at all during this time? Or were you just in the hospital up until the age of three? No, no, like- no. I, I definitely went home. I'm not sure, like, for how long. But, I mean, I... I Dude, I don't really know. Yeah, this yeah, this was already, years ago. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, I try not to focus on the details. It's better to just be, like... Wow, thank God this all worked out yeah. and, and to move on from there. But I, I said I was obsessed with Power Rangers because I called Clownfish Megazord Fish. And have you ever seen them in real life? No, uh uh-uh. Dude, they're amazing looking in real life. Like Clownfish? Clownfish. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. With the orange stripes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Marlin and Nemo. Yeah. Um and then Finding Nemo came out, dude. And I was like, Whoa, Lost your mind. This movie was. How old were you when Finding Nemo came out? I don't know. Was it? You're a year younger than me, right? I think so. What are you? Twenty eight. I'll be twenty eight. You'll be twenty eight. I was born in ninety four. You're born in ninety five. Ninety five. Stay alive. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so Finding Nemo came out when we were like. I think oh one. I was probably like six. No, not oh one. Like two thousand five. Oh, you're right. Well, I'm a th- yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 2005. Because I was. I remember my sister took me to see it. 2003. Oh, right in the middle. Hey, pretty close. Yeah. Um. But and I also yeah. thought that was so cool finding Nemo. I thought it was like a sign because you know Nemo had a little disability, his little flipper, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's me. Yeah. Was, uh, and I had like, <laughs> I had uh, I carried it around all the time, a little stuffed yeah. Megazord fish. I would call it a clown fish that I would carry around. And then I got another one that was mini that looked like Nemo, kinda. So okay, so you're you're at the hospital, right? And you said you don't really like to focus on the details. Cause like it was, it's a, it is, it's a very traumatic experience being a little kid. Like I've done like, um, like, uh, you know, like you go down to like the children's center and you know, you serve food to people and stuff for like, it's not charity. I don't know what you would call it. Volunteerism. Volunteerism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And like, you'd see the kids come in there and like a lot of them are going through who knows what they're going through. Like as far as different ailments and whatnot and like you always when you see the parents the parents on an it seeing the parents and seeing the kids are two different types of things you know you're seeing the kid they're not really fully understanding and grasping like the situation they're in at least from my perspective you might be able to no no you're right 100 percent. like they they're not really understanding the whole 
situation, but like, and you look at the parents and you can only imagine the, the weight and the life that they're living. Like the fact that your parents, like you said it at the beginning, it's like a lot of the reason that people choose another option is because it's, it's, it's a burden. It's like it's tough. a, it's a, it's a crazy tough thing. So like for your parents to, to choose that option is a crazy thing. And like, mm-hmm. what I wanted to ask you was as far as the, the whole experience and being in and out of that situation, at what point did you start to realize the 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 gravity that, of it? Yeah, the gravity <laughs> of it. Thank you. So, like, I always knew. I wouldn't say that I was sick. I just knew that I had to be in the hospital because I was different. I had something. I don't know, different from other kids. I knew I yeah. had a heart problem. I didn't. I mean, as a kid, you don't know how complex right the human body is especially the heart and how everything works like that yeah so all i knew as a kid is that i had half a heart and uh that i was in the hospital to get better and i did thankfully yeah um what was your question again like at what at what age do you think you started to to really grasp it so my final surgery let's go to that one was at like three a little less than three and a half years old. So that was my final one. That one's the most, uh, I would say, dangerous. That's a dumb word. I like to use better words, but, you know, dangerous out of the ones because I've told you this before, and it's a crazy fact I tell people, and they don't believe me. My circulatory system is reversed. So (laughs) so the the way your blood pumps and Sadie's blood pumps and everyone else in the world besides, you know, people who have had this surgery yeah shout out to dr fontan he's the one it's named after uh-huh. um that's the final process where they reverse your circulatory system i have something called an amplatzer device in which is to my knowledge essentially just like a huge metal thing that blocks up not a pump, just a, I wouldn't, they call it a device. I wouldn't even really say it's a device because I think it just blocks off my artery. Okay. And uh, so somehow I have no idea like how to even fathom that it's possible, but they reversed my circulatory system and it like works better now because <laughs> the way it goes into the right ventricle is so much better the opposite direction. So my right ventricle is responsible for not just like pumping out the oxygenated blood to my organs, uh-huh. but it does both. I don't know how, <laughs> but it does. I, I mean, okay, you've explained this to me before, and like every time my I get sidetracked in my brain thinking that you're Benjamin Button and you're just getting younger, but like, <laughs> you know, that's... Thank you. Uh, you know, no problem. Uh, but that that's crazy that... Okay, so they put the, they put a they put this little machine inside of you, right? And they make your entire blood system flow the entire opposite direction. Is it just from that mechanism, or do they rearrange the heart? Does that make sense? I I have zero clue. So it is called an Amplatzer device. Look that up, which man. I guess <laughs> I guess it means it does something. Uh-huh. But like I said. Tell me with the details. I don't like to focus on. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's the only reason, like, I honestly can't tell you a straight answer because I don't 100% know. Yeah. Um, 
but intentionally. Like, I just like to roll with it. I know my circulatory system's backwards, and this shit's working right now. Okay, so, so that the, you said scalpels. you were... What's it? This oh, the oh video. All right, don't play, no. it, don't play 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 it. Let me just pull up an image. Let me see what the image of it looks yeah, like. Yeah, you can see it. I don't want to look at that crap. Yeah, let me see. Okay, it's not crap. I shouldn't say that. I'm going to say it saved your yeah, life. Yeah, <laughs> might be. Okay. Block, off. I wonder if by blocking it off, um, the way the heart, the, the blood pumps through. Hmm. Heart. It just makes it, it go the, the other, other direction by blocking it off. Is that probably what it is? How does that make sense? Okay, because if make all it the, make sense. If, okay, okay. <laughs> if you got okay, imagine a highway, right? You have this highway, and all the cars are going this so direction. They have no other choice. Is that and what you're just, saying? Yeah, it just blocks off this, so it has Pressure. to pump yeah. that direction. I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. I mean, we're not doctors. We're dummies with details. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't rocket science. Yeah. It's cardiology. Uh, so you had your last surgery when you were three? Yes, sir. About three, three and a half. Yep. And In Cleveland, all three of them, by Dr. Roger Mee from New Zealand. Shout out to him. Wish I could meet him again, but hey, cool guy. So this is the doctor. Wait, wait, wait. So, okay, I might have missed this when you were telling me, but this is the doctor that had no successful surgery. No, no, no. This is the oh, one okay, in Cleveland. Okay. okay, okay, okay. I was gonna say. I was like, wait a second. This dude won. He actually got it. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, so you haven't had any other surgery since then? Not open heart. So open heart surgery is uh, like I don't even like think about it. But when they quite literally like cut your sternum open. Yeah. Wow. Um. But I've had tons of other, like, minor surgeries since then. Like, last summer, I think you know this, I had, uh, like, two stints put in. Right, right, right. And, dude, I felt so weird afterwards for, like, two weeks. I just, it it was hard to explain, but I could feel, like, my heart. It felt different. Even though, like, that's not a thing. Like, you're not supposed to be able to feel your heart, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that's what some of the nurses... Well, I mean, there's probably, said. like, a lot of physical trauma, like, on the inside when they're doing it, right? Like, when they're putting that I mean, in, that's, like, pushing muscles and stuff, yeah. right? I mean, I... It, and they tell you you're not supposed to feel anything? No. Well, I just said, like, afterwards, like, they're like, do you feel, like, any different or anything? I was like, I just kind of... I can feel it, but now, like, it probably took, like, a month. Like, I just, I'm completely used to it. But basically, while I had a, uh, what is it? Uh, Dang, I can't think of it. But this minor thing I have to get every now and again where they go up, like, the side of my leg, up up the artery to check, uh, make sure everything's, like, pumping good and there's not a lot of, like, leakage or anything like that. And while they're already in there... They're like, well, we can put the like. It wasn't like I wasn't in bad health or anything like uh-huh. that. But they're like, while we're in here, like I do this surgery probably every five years or something. They put the two stints in, and so essentially my heart works better now. Okay, so your your last one, your real like real dangerous one. You said you like to use better words, but your real last dangerous one was <clears throat> when you were three years old. Yes. Are you how long are how long are you in recovery for that time? Because you're a you're three years old. You're still a baby. So yeah. it's like how long are you in recovery for that? I don't know. 
And Google would probably be better, like, how long is the recovery on an open-heart surgery? But obviously, like, my open-heart surgery is extremely specific. But if I had to guess, maybe, I don't know, a month and a half after at least my third one, I might have, I would have had to have stayed longer, like, as an infant, I would imagine. But, dude, think about that, too. Think about... How tiny, like I said, it was eight right. pounds. Like, I'm thinking, thinking when they put oh. a baby heart inside of a baby. Dude. It's a heart. A baby heart can only be this big, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's pretty why, crazy. That's why the, oh, That's why it's mind-blowing. And my dad said um, <laughs> he met Dr. Me, this, and he had a hilarious, I mean, it's not hilarious, but it is to us, I guess, like, uh Auckland, New Zealand accent and stuff. And he, he said he's a super, like, tiny, short guy that had really, like, he had really tiny hands. <laughs> and my dad said that made him feel better because, like... There's a baby heart and know, baby hands. It's like he's kind of born to be a, a surgeon. You know, if you had big hands, dude... You That's just, true. Just you, heart surgeon you in you had big hands, you got to operate on, on adults. Sorry about your luck. Yeah. Why do you think the uh, first doctor sent you to the... To Cleveland? Yeah. Well... Like if he had all these... I mean, he's a doctor, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If he took chances with all the other ones, why... Oh, so I don't know if he particularly, like, had the other patients or whatever, but mm-hmm. he just, by having worked there new, he just told my parents, like, by the way, go to mm-hmm. Cleveland. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like I said, he took care of me for, like, up until I was 19, 18, something like that. I have his initials tatted right here. TK, Tim That's my guy. Yeah. Um. I mean, what better dude to get tatted on you to do to save your life, right? (laughs) Yeah, he's awesome, man. He's also a dude who, and we'll talk about this for sure, who signed my physical form to let me play football in high school. Yeah. Because, you know, you have to get a physical before you play any sport or whatever. And I wasn't playing a sport at the time. Me and my mom thought, I don't know why we even did this, but it's hilarious in hindsight. We thought Walgreens would, would just, like, do my physical. (laughs) Like, I had to turn it in saying I'm healthy enough to play football, which, you know, I am. And you look at me, you don't even know. Right. (laughs) But this lady's, like, and it was, like, the little clinic type of thing, like, in Walgreens. And she's, like reading my medical chart history and she's like three open heart surgeries i can't sign this (laughs) and then we're like yeah i probably should have thought of that um so yeah then dr nyland's like a day or two later faxed over uh the doctor's note saying avoid contact if possible (laughs) (laughs) play he knew you were gonna play football yeah, that was the. That's what it said. It was signing so, okay, off. Okay, so I was gonna. I was gonna ask you this because, like we said, you're you played NCAA football. Uh, at what point were you like? Because I'm imagining if I'm the if I'm you and I'm in this situation, I'm, I'm in and out of heart surgeries like my whole life. There's no way I would even think about sports. I have a, a decently healthy heart, and I still don't think about sports. Like there's no way. Like I'm not doing it. But like, at what point? I feel like that's because because you had so much trauma going into that type of activity, it, it would be even more stressful. Yeah, 100 percent. So and they also prefaced when I was born to my parents, they're like, he probably and they tell you the most like 
grim possible outcome because honestly that's probably yeah. the most likely so they're like he won't be able to participate in any sports or anything like that like he's gonna have obviously more trouble breathing than other uh, normal kids would all stuff like that so i i think i just <clears throat> learned and made I, I mean the heart is a muscle i it quite literally like you can get it stronger or it can get weaker and uh i just think playing sports growing up really saved my ass really um because i think it just kept it active and healthy and a ton a ton of people who have my heart condition like their parents won't let them mm. do sports and stuff like that and just in my opinion, I, I think it's I think you should because I think you should try to be as active as possible. I'm thinking myself I'm as now, a parent. Man. Like I don't think I would I would like no shade on your parents at all, but it's like I don't think I would like let my kid do it because yeah. it's like putting putting extra stress on the heart. I feel would what if it gives out? What if it does this? What if it does that? And it's like. Not only is that stress on the kid, that's stress on me. And that's a little selfish, I guess. But But, uh, the main reason definitely was because when I started grade school, all my friends were playing soccer like and baseball, everything like that. So, like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's time. Bro, it hasn't happened this whole time. That's hilarious. I don't Uh, think you can hear it. Oh, yeah, you can. (laughs) All right. It's fine. I told. How long does it take to go by? <laughs> it's only like a minute. I, I have a, I have a train right by my house. <laughs> I told Nate. I said, "Dude, this thing's gonna come by at some point." So we gotta like preface at this time. Turn your headphones down. But I don't think it's picking it up too much. No, I think and that wasn't good. too bad. Yeah, honestly. no, no, I think we're good. Hey, yeah, but worked out. <laughs> but damn it, what was I talking? Yeah, about? I don't remember now. That train is hilarious. It came up. <laughs> oh crap! Oh, it's because like all my all my friends played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all my friends played. Um, so I don't know in kindergarten if I did any sports or anything, but then in first grade it was like you know all the kids I went to school with and I was friends with outside of school and everything were playing, you know, t ball or or soccer or everything, and I wasn't just not gonna play. Yeah, and like. You were saying, like, as a parent, what if this happens? What if that happens? But, like, I think in my mom and dad's eyes, like, my whole life is what if, you know? So it kind of F it. Like, my my mom has said in, like, things before, like, there's no need in being a a helicopter parent, if you will. Like, What's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, they definitely looked after me way more. I, I would say than than a normal average person. Like obviously have their concerns with all sorts of things that I do, just making sure I'm healthy. Um, but they they encourage you to go into sports. Yeah, yeah. and I, and like I said, like it was solely because all of my friends are doing it, and uh, I mean sports are awesome. I love growing up playing sports, and I know some people don't do that at all, and it's crazy. Like some that we were talking <laughs> about this earlier, some things that like. Football is my life. I love football. Love the NFL. Love the Bengals. Like Nate could care less about that stuff. Oh, it's I, just so crazy. Like so different things mean so much to some people and so little to others. But you can say that about anything. Like okay, I find I find the 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 story of like okay. 
people having heart surgery just like that whole thing is is mm-hmm. that's that is crazy to me. Football is like a it's it's no offense to you, but it's a distraction. Like I I I put football and like video game, and I love video games and like all of those types of things. Like I've always seen it as like a I don't know. I've never had a deep connection to it like that. But for you, I can see why you would have so right. much love for it because like like you said, it pretty much it, it contributed to saving your life essentially like it's part of strengthening your heart like you have you have literal blood sweat and tears into this like Mm -hmm. for sure like okay so did you play you played other sports growing up though right yeah 100 percent. loved it what else did you play so started off with soccer soccer was definitely my favorite sport starting off with and that's kind of how i got into kicking ending up football if you will american football um, so soccer, t-ball, and then, you know, turned it into baseball and normal soccer as you get older. Um, and then I played volleyball in, uh, oh, yeah, in grade school and grade school, too, which apparently, like, a bunch of, like, states, like, don't have, like, boys or men's volleyball at all. Like, that's a foreign concept to them. Um, but volleyball was kick-ass, man. We were city champs in volleyball and in baseball and in soccer. Dude. My grade school, we were good. Yeah? <laughs> we were, yeah, we were good. So you played soccer first? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I played these all throughout my whole grade school career. And then I played soccer into high school for... Did you ever have any, like, scary moments, like, throughout that? Like, where you thought, like... Oh, okay, all of my, like, ideas of a kid having heart problems growing up comes from the movie John Q. Okay? <laughs> like, all of my, like, I just imagine that kid, just you, white. Just, like, that's all I imagine. Like, that's, I can't imagine it. And it, all, when I think of kids in the hospital, I think of kids with cancer, kids with this. And I think why I wanted to do your podcast, because to show, like, the struck the struggles of being a kid, because I know there's kids out there that are going to listen to this, hopefully that might be in the same situation as you, where they understand the the validity. Thank you. I need you in my pocket. I love words. Yeah. uh, And the gravity of the situation. And it's like some of them, I'm sure you could probably shed light on it to where it's like, there might not be no end in sight. There might not be, you know, did you, did you ever have like any, relationships with people while you were in and out of the hospital like <clears throat> pardon staff or anything like that you're talking about like other people staff kids I, I mean i'm sure i had like friends for a little bit that were that i played with in the same room and stuff like I that he was three and a half. yeah that's right Ooh, that's true but uh i have definitely met plenty of other people with hlhs throughout my life and Pretty much all of them, to my knowledge, knock on wood, are still doing fairly well and are still alive and kicking. Typically, how like how old are they? Um, so the one I know, she's, I want to say like three years older than me, so she probably is about to turn 30, something like that. A uh, few kids younger than me. Um, you know, I'm Facebook friends with a bunch of people that, that have it. And uh, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups. 
of like parents and stuff who either about you know they just found out that their kids about to be born with this stuff or it's also like my kid has it already and like i want to be a part of that for sure because it's a part of who i am but at the same time like sometimes it's bad for me man because i'll be scrolling by and it's like it brings back all the. Well, it's it, if I see something like like a gruesome looking scar like that, oh. I can't mess with that. But the main thing is like seeing like my son passed away, blah blah blah, oh. and it happens all the time. Um, and most of them are like younger, I would say, like infants, because yeah. I feel like that's where it can easily go right. wrong most. So like that gets to me sometimes, but. I mean, other than that, I have a. I try to have a pretty positive outlook about it. Yeah, I mean, Obviously, it's, it's a heavy. What si- else can you do? Yeah, it's a it's a heavy situation, and like, and that's that's another reason why I wanted to have you on a podcast is because like you you're someone who's constantly facing like death every day. Like, and, and I I really thought about that the other day, and it was like you read that one of the oldest living people. You said she's almost forty now, right? I think. I, I think there's a 40-year-old 100% with HLHS, which I, I don't know how because I, I don't know when the surgeries were all, like, yeah done and ready. But I think— They might like, have a transplant, though, for all I know. The oldest person with that? Yeah. Oh, okay. And you, you, you're not—you're not—you don't have a transplant. You're no. not— are you thinking about that at all? Hell no. I have my OG heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going with it. Um, I mean, people ask me that all the time, like— you think you're going to have a transplant in the future? I'm like, I mean, I hope not. I don't really think that far ahead. But, yeah. like, when push comes to shove, if, if I have to, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Obviously, you go on a list and all that stuff. And honestly, like, it sounds crazy. But in my opinion, if I were to find out, like, yo, this stuff is not looking good, Andrew. We might need to get you a new one. I honestly might feel like. I'm good. I'm just going to live out the rest of my life because, like, I don't want to put myself through another, I don't know. Because you were asking me earlier, when did it really hit you, When like, the gravity of the situation? I never, like, fully answered it. It's when I turned 18. Like, when I turned 18, everything changed. And I say it all the time, too, like, the smarter you are, the smarter you get. So as you get older, you get smarter for the most part. Um, the the harder like life is man because yeah. you just know the complexities of and all you know all the messed up stuff in the world that's going on but uh, when i hit like adulthood and like right before college and stuff i was like holy shit i could be dead and i had plenty yeah. of experiences like in high school specifically my senior year uh, dude my last day of school i was carted out on a freaking gurney and put in an ambulance because uh, like i couldn't feel like my my left arm or anything and that's uh, i think one of the telltale signs of like a heart attack or yeah. something i always get it mixed up i never know if i'm having a heart attack <laughs> I, I always get my right and my left mixed up uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah go well, ahead just hopefully not but definitely keep an eye on that <laughs> yeah. um, it's the left one uh, it's it should be the left one but okay. uh but yeah so i mean along with like and honestly, I think most of the stuff that happened to me throughout my life that's ended up in me having to go to the emergency room, I've been to the emergency room my fair share of times, is because of my PTSD. So I'm not saying like I 100% can tell you I had symptoms. I could not 
breathe well. Like mm-hmm. I was like scared. I was I was like shit. I might die today. Like this is yeah. jacked up. Last day uh, of like classes before exams. I was like, damn, worst time. Dude. Yeah, right. We were, we, were, we were watching movies. Yeah. You know, that's the best part. Um, that uh, is just such a weird way to end high school, though, dude. Like <laughs> seeing like people I know and just like, all right, I'm going to the hospital, y'all. Peace out, bro. So this is what I was going to ask you: is okay when I think about my life, right? I luckily. By God's grace, I haven't gotten anything super, super life-threatening in my life, yeah. right? I haven't had to deal with, oh, I, I might have cancer or half of my heart is missing, like nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm looking at the board and I'm thinking, all right, my life expectancy is hopefully maybe <laughs> 70, 80, right? You're looking at you're looking at the the math, right? And like the oldest person is in their forties. Mm-hmm. And so you said it hits you when you're eighteen. Eighteen to forty gives you how many years of you really understanding the situation yeah. that you're in. Yeah. And like I said, the reason I wanted you to have on the podcast is because somebody that's gone through all of that, bro, you really do have like a really like happy Life and like, maybe not the right word. Happy, happy-go-lucky vibe. I have, to a, you. <laughs> I have an extremely unique perspective, but yes, I, yeah, I hundred percent. Like, yes, I'm anyone who would describe me like I'm not a down and out person. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Like, I've never seen you. I've seen you. I've seen you upset before, but that's because like you know work issues, whatever. Right. But it's like in life overall, like. And that it might be because, like, bro, you're facing death all the time, hundred percent. So it's like you have to, you have to see the good in life. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? How do you what? <laughs> what is it? What is it that brings you? What is it that brings you joy? And that you could possi- possibly tell to somebody that's also in the hospital or also going through the same type of situation, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, that's the thing. Just find little joy in life. Um, I definitely like a hundred percent, dude, I deal with like anxiety and depression still a hundred percent, but overall look on life. When I like take a step back, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like I am blessed. Like whatever happens now, tomorrow or next year is going to happen. But you know, I'm, fucking lucky to be where i'm at right now and you know obviously so many things can happen with what i have that i just don't really think about it and uh, a big part so like ptsd is a huge issue for me and uh all the physical things i've gone through in my life are nothing compared to like the mentality of it i didn't realize how tough it would be just to keep just mentally have you know knowing that I could have and can, I guess, essentially, but any of us could die at any moment, you know? But was there was there anything in particular that, that kept you focused, that kept you in that positive state? When when you yeah. when you're down and like what was it that kept you going? Other people, a hundred percent. Other you know, family, friends. I mean that's what it comes down to, and I feel like life is all about like if if you were to ask me what's What's my life purpose? I would say to make other people's lives better in some way, shape, or form, have a positive impact on you. You know, if I do 
pass away that you'll like bring on my memory. You'll you know yeah. keep the vibe going. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I, I well, mean, that's and that's what I'm saying, dude. Is like somebody that is in the position that you're in, and like you really are. You're looking down a barrel of a gun, like all the Good time. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm just I'm just talking right now. But like, you know, you're you're staring down the barrel of a gun constantly, and it's like. A lot of people, you can either be constantly afraid, you can mm-hmm. constantly think about the negative things that's coming. <laughs> By the way, for people who people, I don't have any visuals still yet, but it's like, Andrew, he's, you're a good looking dude. He's all tatted up. He's got a bunch of, he's got, that. yeah, you got a bunch of, a bunch of cool tats. A lot of them are with like people, people that you've lost yeah, that have yeah. also fought, you know, are they fight the same battle you did or what? Uh, I mean, two of them, uh, two of them, yes, on this arm. But uh, some are just, you know, a buddy that passed away a couple of years ago, got his initials on there. <laughs> but yeah, he's trying right. to say I have a lot of tattoos. Well, Only on my arms, I think I have like 26, 27, I don't know. Like when you have... I don't count, you know. Who knows? And what I was, what brought that up was, is he he has a tattoo on the back of his forearm or whatever that is. It yeah. says "Not Afraid," and it's like, bro, even like you can just tell, like you're somebody that's he knows he's in a bad situation, but you're constantly trying to stay positive. And like, I that's that's a light in this world, mm-hmm. and, and you know. I tried to tell you, you need to start a podcast, but <laughs> you know, he's, he's not having it, but bro, I think, I think your story is such a, is such an amazing story because it's like, first off, there's not too many people with this condition and a lot of the people that have it don't make it. And you're someone who is making it and you have such a positive outlook on it. Mm-hmm. You could, you could be constantly in the dumps. You could constantly just be waiting to die. Mm-hmm. But it's like no, you're like no. I'm gonna go play football. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna live my life mm-hmm. as, as well as I can. Yeah. And it's like I think you getting your story out there would help a lot of people. Yeah. Like for sure. Uh, you you played you played you played football in the NCAA. I don't know all the breakdowns of that. Like I said, I don't know anything about sports or anything like that. But like that's a that's a crazy thing that you made it to such a high level when technically you're not even supposed to be getting any contact like you're not even supposed yeah. to be getting into any contact how did you how did you get into football as far as that like how did you well, i feel like getting into like the NCAA, i feel like getting into it, yeah yeah i feel like getting into that is a pretty crazy accomplishment right so let me preface like ncaa there's divisions obviously so d1 division one is like you know ohio state TCU, bro. I'm gonna Michigan. bring you on anytime that people want to talk about sports. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Okay, go ahead. Um, you know, um, then there's Division Two, a bunch of other schools. Uh, Bluffton, where I went, was Division Three. Um, but it's dude, it's still NCAA. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've I've said to a lot of people, I feel like the a lot of the players I've played with or played against, their physical beast and just. Uh, I've played with so many people that I'm just in awe of the shit they can do, how fast they can run all yeah. this stuff. Um, damn, what was I saying, <laughs> <laughs> bro? It's hard. It's hard to remember. It is everything. exactly. Uh, um, how did you? How did you get into? How did you get oh, into yeah, football yeah. to begin with? So. Because you played sports, you've you've already yeah. you've already it, gotten it was, over the hurdle soccer. of yeah. 
you've already gotten over the hurdle of having this condition and getting in playing sports as a whole. Yeah. So how did you get into football? So football, it's because I was a soccer player. Buddy of mine, coincidentally, the buddy uh, Kevin, Kevin Byerstover, shout out KB, who, whose initials I've tatted on here right here. Um, so he was an amazing soccer player in high school. I only played soccer my uh, freshman year of high school. Then I had some like heart issues, and I had to duck out. I had uh, one of the same things I had where I got my stints in okay. um, right after that. But um, so I was not playing soccer or any sports that fall at the time, and I didn't play um, at least for my high school baseball. I played like on a, on a different team in the summer. With a bunch of my friends and stuff like that. But anyway, one of my best buddies, Kevin, um, my homeroom teacher my junior year was the head football coach. And mm. he almost every day hounded him about being the kicker. He's like, dude, please, we need a kicker. You're, you're one of the best soccer players on the yeah. team. And and he, he wasn't about it. And it, it, I couldn't imagine. I would love to, but uh, Kevin in a football uniform and kicking. I'm sure he would <laughs> he would have been amazing at, like, kicking field goals and stuff. But it just wasn't him. And I remember being in home, and I'm like, dude, you should be the kicker. How badass is that? Like, yeah. scoring points on a football team. And he's like, no, nah, that's – no, no thanks. He just um, likes soccer? Just that's what it was? Yeah, dude. Oh, he, so- soccer, baseball, everything Kevin played – Beast, beast mode, crazy, awesome guy. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't doing it, and then uh, one of my other best friends was the quarterback on the team. So somehow my high school was on TV one day, and I recorded the game, and I came back. This is like midnight, and I played it on the DVR, and I was watching it because my friend was the quarterback. And so I'm watching this, and we're getting absolutely slaughtered. Um, the high school we played, the quarterback went to Notre Dame after okay. high school. So, you know, we're yeah. odds were stacked against us. But we did score one touchdown. My buddy throws a touchdown to this guy. So they go for one. So they kick the point after, t- point after touchdown, P-A-T. And it goes so, like, not even close to the upright. I text my buddy, the quarterback, Hunter, and I'm like, dude, I could be the kicker. This is ridiculous. I should do this. <laughs> and he's like, dude, please, please do it. We need it. So like, Wait, so who was the kicker at that time? He just... Someone who wasn't a kicker, they're like a, a you know wide receiver or something oh, like that. Okay, they're okay, like, okay. Can, can someone use their foot and kick this? Um so like they didn't actually have I someone had the kicker, yeah. there for there. So then it started going through my head and I was like, No, dude, I'm I'm serious, I'm doing it. I'm I'm gonna talk yeah. to uh Coach Miller and he's like, Do it, please. And so like Monday I I get into homeroom, I'm like, Hey, Coach Miller, what do you think about me being the kicker? And he like laughed at me, which you know, I probably would too. And then Tuesday comes by. <laughs> Bakers can't be choosers. You don't have a kicker. <laughs> and then and then Tuesday comes by and I say the same thing. I'm like, no, seriously, like I'm I'm interested. Let me kick. Like I, I played soccer. I know what I'm doing. And he was like, How would you be able you wouldn't be able to play? You need like your your parents to say okay and your doctors say okay. And I was like, they 
would maybe they might and so then i go home tuesday and i i uh wait were you worried about them letting you play like my parents yeah not at all oh, no. okay i mean everything i've ever done they're like okay sure yeah. which uh, i mean it was probably one of my more weird random radical decisions was to play football but yeah uh, they and i knew they wouldn't care at all they might say why the hell do you want to do that? Like, that's dangerous, but... Yeah. Th- I mean, soccer's a pretty contact sport, too, though. Not like football. Yeah, not like football. But, I mean, kicker, you shouldn't be getting hit whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my parents didn't care or whatever. I, th- and then Wednesday happened. So, I'm like, my parents... I brought them, like, a note from my mom or something. I was like, see, my mom <laughs> said I could play. <laughs> and he was like... Okay, give me a doctor's note, and I'll think about letting you come to practice. Yeah. And so this might have been, like, Tuesday or something. Then I bring in a doctor's note the next day, and then he's like, all right, you can come to practice tomorrow. And so I think, like, Thursday, the day before a game, is the first day I went to practice with them. And I'm sitting in, like, uh, where health class is, like, right by the locker room. That's where they all sit, like, right before practice. Yeah. And everyone's just, like why the hell is, is Donnellan in here? Like, what the hell? <laughs> play soccer, dude. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to kick for you guys. I've said it to a few people, and I'm like, oh. But full disclosure, I had never kicked football, ever. I just, you, you know. didn't even try? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, no, not really. Um, actually, the night before. So how did the first practice go? Awesome. It, oh, okay. I, I was a shoe in so uh i don't know it's not it wasn't as i don't i don't know like when i f- when i put my mind to something i feel like i can usually achieve it uh, but it's not like i'm putting my mind to solving world hunger or curing <laughs> cancer or anything like i have realistic goals yeah 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 <laughs> So, you know your limits. Yeah, like, yeah. but I had full confidence that I would be pretty decent at it, and I was. And so, like, this was Thursday. Then Friday, this is now literally one week from when I was watching it. Friday, um, <laughs> I was the kicker, bro. Uh-huh. So, like, after we scored a touchdown, I ran in, kicked PAT, and then went from there. So uh, that was, like... I think I only played four games my junior year because I came in like mid-season. But I kicked all the PATs, and I don't think I did any field goals my junior year. But then senior year, I played every game, and I did field goals, PATs, punts, and I kicked off too. And kickoff, that was a big controversy because, like, obviously people are running real fast and smacking each other. Yeah. Um, But, oh, I love kicking off. It was dope. I didn't have a huge leg, though, for sure. I was more of an accuracy guy. But kicking off is just so fun, being the first guy to, like, touch the ball. When when we worked together, he would walk around just (laughs) practicing kicking. Like, it never Uh, left his body. It's muscle memory, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What was I? I had a question I was going to ask you. It was about football, too. <sighs> I love football. Yeah, I know. Ask. Yeah. Ask away. What do you think about the Bengals? Who day? Oh, man. So, I've been telling Nate, man, I am so hyped because as of we're recording this podcast now, the Bengals have broken the 31-year playoff curse 
and have won their first game in 31 that's, years. That's exciting. I knew, I heard about that. That's yeah. the first playoffs that they won in 31 years. And that's exciting. Big game tomorrow, you know, at the point of this recording, Saturday, 4.30 versus the Tennessee Titans. This probably won't come out till Monday, but Ooh, yeah. Yeah, uh, dude, can't wait. What's your so, prediction? It'll be fun It'll be fun to listen to your predictions. You want to hear what I have <laughs> After the game, yeah. I, I think the Bengals will win. Really? Um, yeah, I do. Um, Against the Titans, I do. Yes, the Titans had a uh, a bye because they were the number one seed in the AFC. Uh-huh. So uh, they didn't have to play the first round. The Bengals played the first round, beat the Raiders. Now they play the Titans, okay. but they've had a whole week off. Okay, so you know they're a little bit more ready to go. Rest it up. Um. I think the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl this year, man. You think they're going all the way? I do. I don't know. Okay, I will say this right now on this podcast. I don't know if we'll win the Super Bowl. Who do you think's going to be? Do you think we're going to get there? Who do you think's going to be who we're going to play against? I think it's going to be Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Joe Burrow. It would be exciting. Joe Burrow. It would be very exciting to have the Bengals beat. Who was it? Brady. Tom Brady. I was going to say Panton Manning, and that's not it. <laughs> Be very Here exciting. Like, the Bengals win the Super Bowl after how long? They've never won the Super Bowl. They've never won. They've been in it a, a couple times, but uh, we're beaten both times. And you think they're going to lose or win? Dude, well, uh, okay, I pray they're going to win all the way, go all the way, but I sincerely think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Um. But we'll see what happens once you get there. Yeah, you're not putting and, and another reason, dude. <laughs> put the stamp on it. Another reason I'm extremely excited for the Super Bowl this year, and I don't know if you even know, dude. The halftime show. Have you heard about it? Oh, it's got a uh, Snoop Dogg, Eminem. Yeah. Exactly, dude. It's Dre. It's literally like they brought back the early 2000s and the mid-90s. Dude, it's Dre and Friends, dude. It's Oh, awesome. Dre's there too? Yeah, that's that's who's the headliner. It's Dr. I, Dre and I Friends. Dre was there. You should, maybe we should pull up the, uh, they just released like the promo for it, and Let it starts see. off with Eminem. It's mind-boggling, but I'm regardless of who's in the Super Bowl, that halftime show, I usually don't give a shit about, but uh-huh. dude, I'm going to be... Yeah, that was honestly Ooh. the halftime shows are what I get more excited about when it comes to the Super Bowl than anything. Well, you like J Lo and stuff. It's it's that very first one. It's the conspiracies behind the Super Bowl. Which one? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's that first one. Oh, hit pause. Sounds not on. Should be. Do you unplug it? Do you unplug it? Uh, I got no sound on it. Maybe because it sounds all right, all right, run it back, run it back. All right, yeah, pull it back. Because <laughs> we were looking up heart surgery, <laughs> you didn't oh, want to hear hell it. Nah. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's watching. So we don't have to watch the entire thing. Maybe we can fast forward through a little bit. Oh, wait, old Slim Shady. Wait, wait, re- rewind, rewind, my bad, my bad. Rewind a little bit again. So, he gets the, he gets the call from Dre. Oh, you'll see it subsequently here. 
Will there be truth for the blueprints? Something vague and useful exuberance. Everybody loves the roof of a nuisance. City girl, like an asteroid, did nothing but shoot but the moon. Since. M's the first one they start with. That dude looks like him. Because it is him. You know what they can do with technology. No, I thought that was somebody they got to look like. I mean, like I'm him. sure it's someone they like put his face on. All right, but watch this. This is when he. Oh, this is when he gets. See? That's when he gets a text from Dre, bro. And then wait, who, who we see next? You know that song. Yeah. You know what it is. Yo, double G. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yeah, I'm more excited for this than. All right, uh, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. See Kendrick. I I uh, I don't really care about Mary J. Blige, or at least showing you Mary J. Blige. But like, Mary J. Blige right is on. a legend. I mean, yeah. No hate. I'm just saying. All right, uh, Kendrick. I remember syrup sandwiches. <laughs> this is going to be good. All right, skip ahead a little bit. All right, right here. Dude, look at <laughs> This video is cool, too. Dude, hell yeah. So Dre, like a badass, just walking on the beach solo. Freaking piano appears. Oh, yeah. So this is undoubtedly going to be the best Super Bowl performance of all time. Yeah, for sure. Halftime, that is. Joe Burrow is going to put on a show. Joe Burrow. I would like to. There's a commercial. (laughs) Yeah, it's a commercial. And then if you fast forward like to the end, they, you know, Eminem gets out of his plane. Kendrick gets off his bike. They all walk up. They're like, let's do this thing. SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Mary J. Blige. It's crazy. Dog. I'm going to make my prediction because this is so overhyped that something crazy is going to happen. Like at halftime? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if at halftime or something going on in the world, but something's going on. During like on that day is what you're saying? Maybe on that day or within that week. I, because this is the way that this is the way that the media works is right. They get somebody talking about stuff, something that's going to overpower the story that they don't want to get out. That's the way it works. Are you just saying because, like, Super Bowl is so watched? No, no, no. But it's not just the Super Bowl. This Super Bowl is going to be crazy. Obviously, like, but why? Dre and friends. Yeah. And then the Bengals being in the Super Bowl. Hey, I like how you're already on board with it. Fuck yeah. So, you see, I would say that somewhere within the next week or so, something crazy is going to happen. Or whenever the Super Bowl is. I don't even know when the Super Bowl is. It's 13th of February. 13th 13th of February? Yeah. Yeah, I would say look for something February 20th. Oh, afterwards? I'm making a prediction. I'm making something a crazy Dude, prediction scared. that something on February 20th is going to happen. I will. Yeah, why would you do this? Because I, I listen, I at the beginning of 2020 Yeah, was it 2020? Yeah. Kobe died? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I said it was like How January, it was like January 3rd or 4th and I said something to uh to David and I said I said, "Yo, I want something interesting to happen." Oh yeah, no, I remember this. And then Kobe died yeah. and COVID started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say you are 100% the first person cuz uh you know, Nate's a, a conspiracy theorist and that's why it's so hilarious to talk to him about stuff. <laughs> I um, think I'm crazy. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be funny. No. I'm trying to get the information out. So some of his points are <laughs> super valid. Um but he was 100% the first person I heard of this this virus from China about and I was like, "Whoa, sounds crazy, dog. Fingers crossed." Fingers and then crossed. 
You, bro, you remember? Damn. Yeah, the videos and the videos were crazy. The videos were crazy. Oh, speaking of videos. What's up? What's up? <laughs> bro, you've been sending me these videos to go over for how long? Pro- probably since months. I started the podcast. I don't oh, know about that long. It, it, you know, this, uh, yeah. It's been a couple a long months. Time. I'm, I'm kind of offended, he, but I mean, I understand. Well, you wanted to wait to have me on, I guess. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. No, what I was, I've been waiting for the perfect time to like watch it. And I just, with all of my other podcasts, it hasn't fit in yet. This is the perfect time. It's a busy because guy. here's the thing. I know who say. Bo, I know who Bo Burnham is. I'm not a fan of. I don't want to say it in the mic. Can I pee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, can you can you edit that out? <laughs> no. <laughs> God dang it. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Here. Uh yeah, just go ahead. We'll vamp. All right, bet. Vamp. Yeah, we'll vamp. Vamp. Yeah, I know who Bo Burnham is. I'm just not a fan of him. Sadie's hey. here. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Sadie's here, guys. Say hi, Sadie. Hi guys. Yeah. Do you know who Bo Burnham is? No, I have no clue. No? I know he's like a Comedy Central guy, and that's a little too mainstream for me. What else does he? Is he just straight comedian? Yeah, he's just pretty much a comedian. That's why I want it. It's the perfect time for me to watch it because it's like I don't have enough background on it to actually understand why I should be watching this. He sent it to me. I feel like he can explain it. It's almost like uh, what Owen is that Owen Benjamin? What he does? No, where he's like. So like that style, like the piano style, probably. I would probably put Bo Burnham closer to um, what's his uh, what's that dude? He was on. He was a Michael something. I forget. He, he's another Comedy Central piano comedian. He might remember. He might remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Hey, do you remember the the uh, the comedian Dimitri 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 Martin? I'm a huge fan. Dimitri of his Martin. Well. I would say Dimitri Martin. That's probably a closer representation. Okay, so you got even close. But okay. what? He I, I plays mean, the like piano it. and like he's that comedy Let central me preface style. Preface before you play it, but say what you're about to say. That's what I was gonna say. You've been wanting me to you've been wanting me to watch this video and do a live reaction to it. And I didn't understand why. So you, maybe you could tell me why. This, so this is from inside his his comedy special that came out. Um, was it twenty? Okay, so twenty twenty in like July, okay. something like that. Um, he recorded all throughout like the pandemic, throughout lockdown okay. and stuff. He was all by himself. All the lighting, all the audio, all the songs, all the editing is a hundred percent by him. All of this. Yeah, hundred okay. percent, and it's crazy. Like you, sh- you'll see like in another song, like the way he like grabs the camera, and you're like, "How does he make this work?" But it, in this video too, there's a bunch of like camera angles. You're like, "How did he do that?" Um, but this is a fantastic song about you know the progression of technology and the internet, and you know how amazing it is. It saved my mm. life. You know, if I was born in '85, okay. technology wasn't good enough, I probably would have died. <laughs> so like pluses and minuses, man. Yeah. But this is all about the internet. Um, okay. So yeah, take take it away, Bo Burnham. All right. And you can pause whenever you want. 
Oh, sound's not on. Oh, no. Have a look around. Anything that brain of yours can think of can be found. We've got mountains of content, some better, some worse. If none of it's of interest to you, you'd be the first. Welcome to the internet. Come and take a seat. Would you like to see the news or any famous women's feet? There's no need to panic. <laughs> this isn't a test. <laughs> Just nod or shake your head and we'll do the rest. Welcome to the internet. What would you prefer? Would you like to fight for civil rights or tweet a racial slur? Be happy, be horny, be bursting with rage. We got a million different ways to engage. Welcome to the internet. Yeah, Put your cares aside. What a, perfect, a- what a perfect time to write the song. Because, like, I mean, at this time when everybody's locked down, everybody, like, TikTok blew up over it. Like, TikTok's a whole nother thing. Well, yeah, that's a that's it. Really, is a Chinese like app to get you distracted even more. Yeah, this for another it. day. Welcome to the internet. Take for it away. pasta. Here's a nine-year-old who died. We got movies and doctors and fantasy sports and a bunch of colored pencil drawings of all the different characters in Harry Potter fucking each other. Welcome to the internet. Hold on to your socks, cause a random guy just kindly sent you photos of his cock. They are grainy and off putting. He just sent you more. Don't act surprised, you know you like it, you whore. See a man beheaded, get offended, see a shrink. Show us pictures of your children, tell us every thought you think. Start a rumor, buy a broomer, send a death threat to a boomer, or DM a girl and groomer, do a zoomer, find a tumor in your Here's a healthy breakfast option. You should kill your mom. Here's why women never fuck you. Here's how you can build a bomb. Which pause power it, pause it. <laughs> Bro, he's literally the. Uh, so first off, the camera angles. He literally just had four separate cameras. That's all it was. I don't know how he did, how he did it. That or he just he had that camera positioned the whole entire time and did like five different takes. He's so right. He's just naming off random shit that you you'll see on the internet. Nine year old died. Uh, you know. Uh, you have you ever heard of, of the, Have you ever heard of the gauntlet? Stuff. The gauntlet. Yeah. No. What's that? It's a terrible thing. Don't don't don't. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for telling me. Yeah. Don't don't look it up. Wait. Uh, hit it back like fifteen seconds or something. There you go. Or DM a girl and groomer, do a zoomer, find a tumor in your here's a healthy breakfast option. You should kill your mom. Here's why women (laughs) (laughs) never fuck you. Here's how you can build a bomb. Which Power Ranger are you? Take this quirky quiz. Obama sent the immigrants to vaccinate your kids. Could I interest you in everything all of the time? A little bit of everything all of the time. Apathy's a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Anything and everything all of the time. Good, I interest you in everything all of the time. A little bit of everything all of the time. Apathy's a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Anything and everything all of the time. You know, it wasn't always like this. It wasn't always like this. Not very long ago, just before your time, right before the towers fell, circa 99, this was catalogs, travel blogs, a chat room or two. We set our sights and spent our nights waiting. 
Alright, hit that pause. Four. I was gonna say, dude, this is a special type of comedy. Like it's a, it's like that music comedy. That's why I was saying Dimitri Martin. Like they have that same. Yeah. He's pretty good though. I would say he's better than Dimitri Martin. Yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when he does his breakdown, he, you know, he says it wasn't always like this. Um, not very long ago, just before our time, right before the towers fell, circa '99, referencing, you know. September 11th, so... The best that, holiday ever. Bro, what? <laughs> Jeez. He just likes to say off-the-wall shit. Sorry. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he's, like, putting a timeline stamp on this. Right, you know, right before then, dude. Remember 2000 when everyone freaked out and thought the world was going to be, uh, you know, ran by the computers? And stuff? I knew a guy who bought, like, a ton of generators for that. I was still a kid when it happened, but I know the guy who bought a ton of generators for that. I know a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, but uh, you can continue. But doesn't it feel different? What do you since, mean? Since, like, 2012? Since uh, 9-11, 9-11 was a, a big thing that changed our world. Mm-hmm. 2012 in and of itself. But, that, like, in our generation, something that, like, Grow up, grown up with. We were just kids around that time. Yeah, I remember nine eleven. Do you remember nine eleven? One hundred percent. First grade. Yeah. Do did you get sent home? No. Yeah, I got sent home because because you're Arab. I think you said this. Yeah, Yeah. my my mom my mom was in Jordan at the time. And crazy. yeah, they had to, they sent us home because she was, insane, yeah, man. it was pretty crazy. It was so a crazy have, day. That's in, like, you have a whole nother perspective on that. Yeah. That's yeah. Nine eleven. Nine eleven. As a, as a. Arab American, yeah, nine eleven during that time was not. It didn't affect me like it did like Indian people in New York at the time. But it's like, like bro, people in New York were attacking Indians and everybody. It wasn't even just like Arabs. Like, like crazy. My my grandpa, my grandpa told my mom and my sisters that they couldn't call me Hanny anymore because like one of the one of the red flag. Well, one of the pilots, his name was Hanny. Oh, crap. Yeah, so people, like, they didn't want to call me Hanny out in public anymore because of the whole situation. 9-11 was a crazy day. Definitely was. Changed the whole world. Yeah. Why don't we talk about 9-11? Oh, Bo Burnham, play. (laughs) (laughs) For you, you, insatiable you, mommy let you use her iPad, you were barely two. It did all the things we designed it to do. Now look at you. (laughs) Look at you. You. Put the world in your hand. <laughs> Could I interest Never. you in everything all of the time? That's a thing on TikTok too. Yeah, yeah. All that, like what is? This? Yeah, yeah. What's on TikTok? Like that, his maniacal laugh, maybe. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No, I, I that's like my favorite part. A bit of everything, all of the 
yeah, his yeah, laugh back is probably the most favorite part. Like, that's a genuine crazy laugh. Yeah, that's a creepy laugh. <laughs> Dude, that's the internet, bro. Yeah. They've got us. Could I interest you in everything? Could I interest you all in of everything? The time? All of the time. A bit of everything. Apathy all of is the time. Apathy is a tragedy, and boredom is a crime. Anything and everything. All of the time, could I interest you in everything? All of the time, a little bit of everything. <laughs> this all is of the time, apathy's a tragedy and boredom yeah. is a crime. Anything and everything and anything I mean, I and everything and anything. The internet, the internet is a good and positive thing. Like it. The, the good thing about the internet is, is because it's still like a free space, we still have the freedom, at least here in America, like you go to China, you can't, you can't say anything. It's like, we still have the freedom to say and do pretty much what we want, but it's all, there's almost uh yeah, there is, there's the negative side to it. It's almost too much freedom to where it's like. Yeah, I can see a nine-year-old kid die, and I can see... You, you can learn how to make a bomb. Yeah. You can... Yeah. Man. <laughs> like, every, anything and everything. You've seen, like, stuff about, like, serial killers, and, like, their search history was, like, bleach and rope and all this crazy... Yeah. Like, dude, you can do crazy shit through Craigslist on, like, anything. Anything, man. What's the, what's the other video? So, the other one... It's like more towards the end of his special. Oh, this is the all eyes on me. All eyes on me. And so it goes in. So he and and I saw um, I saw Bo Burnham in Cleveland with Nicole. Uh, I forget what year, um, but it, it was his last special he did before this one. And he talks about in this song, like in the middle of it. How he, so you're a big Bo Burnham fan. Oh, yeah. One of the best comedians of our day, man. Shout out to Bo Burnham. Relax. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. You haven't played many sound effects. No, but I'm about to. Is it? Hey, man. <laughs> you got turned it off. Whoa, just take it easy, man. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, just You were take saving it easy, that man. one for me, yeah. but Bo Burnham is, I wouldn't put him up uh, that high. We'll see, I guess. All right. Yeah, play it. Let me see. You'll have respect for him after this, for sure. More respect. This is probably my favorite song from it. It's a banger. And you know, this is about like life's difficult. You suffer with all sorts of depression and stuff. Basically, about. The wait, 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 wait. Pause this. Yeah, what? Is this the song off of TikTok? Dude. I'm sure all of his songs are on TikTok. It's popular. Going in the water's fine. Yeah, this is the song. <laughs> this is on play. Okay, we have different algorithms. Yeah. It's just begun. Don't overthink this. Look in my eye. Don't be scared. Don't be know it, huh? Yeah. The water's fine. We're going to go where everybody knows. Everybody knows. But dude, think of everyone's psyche during lockdown. We're going to go where yeah, I keep, I keep forgetting that he's writing this during lockdown. Yeah, he, yeah you did it all. And, and so this is kind of... He's filming this special, and yes, it's being watched by a ton of people on Netflix. But no one's fucking there, dude. Who's yeah. he talking to? Yeah. It's like kind of showing just like he's lost his fucking mind. 
Well, I mean, everybody did that. Yeah, 100%. It's his house. It's one room. Yeah. He only recorded it in one room. And wait till you see, like, his camera action he does. It's but hey, the part in the middle, he breaks it down. Real shit. You want to hear a funny story? Woohoo! If there's some audience. So, uh, five years ago, I quit performing live comedy because I was beginning to have uh, severe panic attacks while on stage, which is not a great place to have them. So I, I quit and I didn't perform for five years. I spent that time trying to improve myself mentally. And you know what? I did. Better. I got so much better, in fact, that in January of 2020, I thought, you know what, I should start performing again. I've been hiding from the world. <laughs> Are you feeling nervous? Are you having fun? It's all the funniest thing happened. It's just because See, like, turn COVID into a punchline. Like, you're talking about your podcast. I'm finding, finding the funny. It brings light. It brings light. Pause it. Yeah, pause it. Like, and that's the funny thing about a lot of comedians that they do. They struggle with like depression. They struggle with anxiety. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's crazy. Like, and the way that they, the way that they do it is that they take the pain and they flip it and they try to make it happy. That's why I like the messed up comedians that, that I like is because like they things, things that you would never think about to, to take a bad situation and flip it and bring light to it. I think it's an amazing thing. Yeah. And you have to, you have to go through something to, to understand that. And like, I think for you, for you, like you, you've been, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's why, that's why, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, we're at like a minute 20. So we got to start wrapping it up. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) Yeah. But like, the the reason the whole reason I brought you on was because the what I want to do with this podcast is not just come on here and talk about you know whatever I want I want this to be a platform for people to share their story like when we get in the van and we start you know traveling around like I can't I can't wait to come across some crazy people and like bro I've been I've been blessed in my life to meet you for sure to like bro, you're not even supposed to be here right now. <laughs> And I I pray, I pray, I pray you make it a hundred years, bro. Like I I do like, because you have, you, you live a life in an example of like, you can come from a really hard place and go through some crazy traumatic things. You're still struggling with the, the PTSD of it and all of that. And bro, you got a good outlook on life. And I think people can learn from that for sure. hundred percent for sure. I yeah, I hope people listen to this and can say, holy shit, 
This kid was half a heart. He's like, he's got a half a heart, but it's full. He's like, why? Why am I complaining? Type of thing. I see. Yeah. I see. I read stuff all the time like that. Or I'll, that's that's you know? that's what I'm that's that's what I'm trying to say, bro. In the physical world, you got a half a heart, but mm-hmm. in the spiritual world, bro, your heart is big and it's full, and it's like. A lot of people could come from your situation and just hate life and think, like, why me? And, like, have this complete negative outlook on life. And, mm-hmm. dude, you're doing it right. Like, and, and I think that's why it's a good thing to get your story out there because you got a half a heart in this life. But in the physical, in the in the spiritual world, your hey, heart is big, bro. Hey, hey, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, dude. But, hey, listen, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up. Sadie's been here the whole time. She's been She's been on the board uh, yeah, we had some technical. I hope I hope this is oh, sounding dude, right. What if it didn't record? Like <laughs> I'd be so. Two. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still think about that, bro, and I want to punch something. I still want to. Well, it was so. Well, fun. just take it easy, man. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You need to utilize. Whoa, just take it easy, man. There we go. <laughs> utilize your sound bites more than hilarious. Yeah, I, know. I got the soundboard so that way I could do it. Part of the reason, and I never use it. Yeah, I'm still learning. But, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That's going to be the end of the podcast. Who day? Yeah. (laughs) Who day? Thank you, Andrew, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Uh, Yeah, next week. uh, I'm not sure next week. This is going to be coming out on Monday. But hopefully next week I'm going to be interviewing. um, Honestly, the short version of it is going to be one of my old pastors. But, He's, he's more than that. He's a theologian. He's a scholar, yada, yada, yada. Um, and we're going to be talking probably like about the uh, the Nephilim, um, which if you guys have listened to my earlier podcast, you guys know I've talked about that a lot. But I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after that. But, you know, just, you know, keep it around. Keep you guys thinking about it. Um, all right. I think that's going to be it. Bye, guys. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.
sound right, boy. 